I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer. And today's Q&A, Eric could not join us, so you got me, and we'll just start right away. And we're going to start with Joseph B. And he says, you often talk about the cup formation. Can you show me what you are looking at and how that influences your decision making? So I pulled up a current graph on uh, gold, which Megan is... is luck, but in the cup formation, um, that influences my decision making because I know that the smart money is accumulating. And so when I see that leveling off, and we can go back to 2016, and you'll hear me talk about this, you know, do I know exactly when the very bottom is? Of course I don't, but I think you can see that pattern. And that's when I'm going to start accumulating when I see that formation happening because it's building a very strong base. And all I'm really looking to do in any asset is get in somewhere near a bottom, right? That tells me, that cup formation tells me that we are somewhere near a bottom. And I don't care it, what asset it is. When it is time, when we see that accumulation pattern, that's when you're going to start moving into that asset. With gold, because now you could say, well, we already had the cup and, you know, and it's 1800 and maybe I shouldn't be buying it now. Except that what we know when I take that cup formation and then I put it with the true fundamental value, so that's a calculation, right? That helps you understand when that trend is done, right? But as long as I see that it is severely undervalued, which I know absolutely for, for a fact, a hundred bazillion percent, both gold and silver are severely undervalued because of what's happening in the monetary system. So that's the confirmation. But the real trend that everybody needs to be paying attention to is the trend in the purchasing power. So I'll, I'll put together a little 101. Megan, can you write that down to do a 101 on the different formations and the real trend? And, and I'll, 
present that to you very shortly. I've got some 101s in the hopper right now, so we'll, we'll make that happen. And David R. asks, can you see any set of circumstances where gold and silver don't go much, much higher? Okay, let's talk about that because you can do anything with contracts. That's why you're seeing spot gold and spot silver where they are today, what, 23 and change in 1840 or wherever it happens to be at the moment on spot gold. Those are contracts. They're severely undervalued because simply a rising gold price is an indication of a failing currency. And once you get that the fiat currency, the dollar, the euro, the yen, any of them are failing, then you make different choices because you understand that they are going away in terms of value. So um, frankly, no, I cannot see any set of circumstances where gold and silver don't go much, much higher because that is how the reset is actually performed. Those overnight resets is paper fiat with no intrinsic value against gold and silver, which are, well, it's really gold is how they reset it, but silver is a secondary monetary metal. So that's what they do. They have to revalue something that has no intrinsic value against something that is all intrinsic value and has been for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So no, I do not see any circumstances where gold and silver don't go much, much higher in terms of the fiat, but their real job is to hold your wealth intact. And because they're so severely undervalued, hence that cup formation, so severely undervalued, then, you know, really you can get some good growth in there as well. But the primary function of gold is like an insurance policy. And uh, Sahil S. asks, why do you think it's important for Canadians to own physical gold as Canadian government doesn't have any gold reserves? Well, you just answered your own question. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, um, do precious metals hold the same value for Canadians as they hold for Americans? Yes, they hold the same, but that's the whole point. Gold and silver are universally accepted and used across the entire, every single area of the global economy. I think it is important for every single person, not just Canadians, but you know, for Chinese and for Europeans and Americans and every single person on the planet really needs to become their own central bank and make sure that they can hold their value, their purchasing power value intact. So um, yeah, everybody needs to own it, especially you know the Canadian government, they don't have any gold. And whoever holds the gold, as we go through and finish going through this currency life cycle, the end of its life cycle, well, guess what? They're not gonna have as high a sway in the global economy as those central banks and those governments that have gold behind them. That's why China and Russia and India and a lot of other central banks have been 
accumulating as much gold as they can get their hands on. Yeah, I think it's critical for every single person to have some physical gold that is decentralized wealth outside of the system and invisible as the central banks and the governments are trying to get everything intangible that is so much easier to steal. It is so much easier to see. It is so much easier for them, but it puts you in a vulnerable position. And John DK asks, I feel that there is about an even probability for a near-term dramatic economic event being either inflationary or deflationary. Barring a complete breakdown into a reset, what, what will be the difference in the performance of cash, gold, silver, and 30-year treasuries in both cases? Okay. So inflation and deflation are the same coin, it's just the other side, right? And there is only one way to fight inflation, and that is with deflation, which, you know, if, if the central bank, if the Fed actually starts to buy less and less of the treasuries and the mortgage-backed securities, if they actually start to take that cash, that new money infusion punch bowl away, that is very deflationary. And you will see a stock market respond to it, which is why it's been so sketchy since the beginning of the year. It's up, it's down, it's because they're concerned about that punch bowl being taken away. There's a lot of debt, margin debt, et cetera, that's been based upon these very easy policies. And also there's another question in here on the interest rates and why that really matters. So I'm gonna read that question because they're really um, together. And it's from Gabriel D. Why do Austrian economists, economists, <laughs> I'm gonna take a drink of water, say that the federal government can't afford a higher Fed funds rate or a higher interest rate because the debt is so much. The problem with the debt it is short term. When you have debt, you either have to service it, you have to default on it, or you have to roll it over. So it's that rolling over part that becomes a challenge and then that leads into the default part. And also the, the servicing, okay, with interest rates at zero, you can take on a lot more debt for the same amount that it costs you to service higher interest rate debt. So in theory, starting in 2008, but again in 2020, um, the theory was for corporations, not individuals, not savers, but those that have a lot of debt, is you drop that interest rate down and then they can pay off a lot of that higher interest rate debt. But what happened was that corporations just accumulated more debt instead of retiring and paying off that old debt. And they did it at very low interest rates. So the problems, and, the, and I'll go back to the performance between them, but it's kind of five should have probably been, you know, the first question. But the problem is, is that these corporations now have to roll over the debt 
at a higher interest rate, which costs them more. And they have so much debt, we already have the growth of the zombie corporations that has gotten larger and larger and larger, even in well-known names, right? So the big problem with the Fed being able to raise the interest rates, which is deflationary, is that these corporations that could hide their problems and the fact that they were not really earning enough money. I mean, a, a zombie corporation does not have enough cash flow to cover the interest payments, let alone any of the uh, principal payments for at least three years. And so how do you think that would impact them if they have to pay more for this debt? And if you realize that they can't pay it, then you're gonna demand even higher interest rates. And this is a big problem because so much of that debt that should have been graded as junk quality under normal, well, what do I say under normal circumstances? But according to the grading services, you know, Moody's, S&P, Fitch, et cetera, their standards, well, they've, they've kind of juggled their standards a little bit. So what should really be graded as junk call for a higher interest rate and also some entities that could not even invest in them. They kept at just barely investment quality, that triple B area, we've talked about it so much, has grown more than any other area. When, you know, I haven't really done a study, so I can't really say how, what percentage of that triple B should really be in junk quality, but it's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. Um, and and I, I have done a lot of work on this showing you how that's shifted. So that is why, the and it's gonna be interesting, we're gonna, 2022, this year is a very pivotal year because the Fed has to raise interest rates to fight inflation, right? So has to create deflation to fight inflation. But when those markets start to implode, the stock markets, the bond markets, the real estate markets, et cetera, when those prices start to drop, well, that's deflationary and there's only one way to fight that. And that's by, that's with inflation. That's what the 0% the interest rates are. That's inflationary. The easy money policy, the buying up of the treasuries of the, well, heck, in 2020, they were buying everything, junk bonds, everything, right? The buying up of those assets and all this new money printing, that's inflationary. So, and that's to fight deflation. And that's, the deflation is really the battle that the central banks have been up against forever. And their job, make no mistake about this, when they talk about fighting inflation, it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. Their job has always been to regulate the rate and speed of the inflation, right? Not fight it. They just want it low enough so that you don't notice. And the problem is when they're anchored at zero interest rates, that's their key tool and they're out of tools. That's why I keep saying the Fed is out of tools. And I think it's really interesting that they say, well, we have these very powerful tools, but they never really tell us what they are, do they? 
because all they can do is create new money and keep interest rates at zero. They're between a rock and a hard place, and all that's going to get tested this year, which is probably why we've seen a huge outflow of the smart money and the stock markets. You know, Elon Musk, um, you know, Facebook, it's not Facebook anymore, Meta, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, just to mention two that have sold billions and billions of dollars. I think, I think it's something like, don't hold me to this, but like $170 billion worth of insider selling in 2021. You think they might know something you don't? I think they do. Okay, so what will be the differences in the performance of cash, gold, silver, and 30-year treasuries? Okay, do, do you have a pen over there, Megs? Can I have a, do you have any anything that's straight? Post-it note. Oh, okay, yeah, I can use box. a tissue box. Okay, here you go. We'll start with the 30-year treasuries, right? This side is interest rates. This side is principal value. When interest rates drop, the principal value goes up, but we are just the opposite. So as they raise rates, the principal value goes down. Treasuries, 30-year treasuries, longer term, because if this is when it's issued, you can see that that movement is bigger the further out in maturity that you go, right? So frankly, you couldn't give me a 30-year treasury, and I certainly would not put my hard-earned money into any kind of treasury bone, let alone a 30-year treasury, right? That's going to have the biggest fluctuations as rates rise. You're going to lose a lot of principal value. Cash, I mean, the problem with cash is it's all about purchasing power, but it is the most recognizable to most people on a short-term basis. So you need to hold some cash, but as inflation continues to heat up, that cash loses more and more and more purchasing power value. It's part of the problem. Officially, I show you purchasing power um, graphs from the Federal Reserve all the time. Officially, there's three cents left out of the original dollar, and that's official, which means you know it's worse than that. So cash, even though you got to have some because that's still our legal uh, tool of barter, it will lose all of its value. Inflation will ultimately, that's the problem um, for the Fed right now, is that because inflation is running so hot, it's noticeable to people. And when it's noticeable, they start making different choices, right? So... Uh, gold and silver now, and I, I posted a graph last week of how gold and silver behave during both inflation as well as deflation. And between the two, I mean, I personally own both for different reasons, but between the two, uh, so you can go to last week's blog and you'll see the graph, but gold outperforms silver. And it holds its value, whether it's an inflationary cycle or a deflationary cycle, because it's not just about inflation. It's also about crisis. And what do you want in a crisis? You want a wealth shield. 
and shields that are made of real metal in your possession are the single safest thing that you can do, period. So I hope I answered that right because I was kind of answering two questions at the same time, but they did go together. And uh, Midnight, we'll, we'll take a couple of questions here. Midnight Green asks, what is the difference between the gold purchased with ITM and the bullion gold from other dealers? Well, you're basically asking what makes us different. And one of the things that you should all know is how much value we place in education and in strategy. I personally have studied the currency markets since 1987. And I've been in these markets on some level since 1964. But since 87, what you see are repeatable patterns. So one of the things that ITM has that nobody else has is actually a real strategy that is based upon historic norms. And we work, so if you call in and you go to the Calendly lead and the link is below and you set up a meeting with one of our consultants, the first thing that they're gonna do is ask you what you're trying to accomplish, what are your goals? And they're going to then customize, you're gonna have the same strategy that I developed for myself, but it is tweaked and modified for you, your goals, your circumstances, and what you're trying to accomplish. I don't know of any other gold company that does what we do. I mean, you can buy gold and silver from anywhere, big deal. But is it the right kind of gold to accomplish your goals? And that, frankly, is the first question that you need to be asked, that you need to think of before you even have a conversation is, all right, well, what am I trying to accomplish? So really, um, you know, I'm very proud of us. We've been around since 95. I've been here since 2002. A lot of the people, most of the people that you talk to have been here for years and years. We've been through inflation. We've been through deflation. We haven't been through hyperinflation yet, that is happening. Potentially, that's already started. I mean, again, I don't have technical confirmation, but it's what it feels like to me. So we need to get going. You can't be waiting anymore. But when you're with us, you're in a family, and this is a commitment, not just for today you're doing a purchase, okay, good luck to you, but this is throughout this whole cycle. You wanna know about a confirmation? You'll know. Keep watching, you'll know what to do. Keep talking to us, you'll know what to do. You need to have a plan. That's what makes us different. So if you haven't already, please leave us a comment and give us a thumbs up and share, share, share. We are at such a critical point right now that frankly, I do not think anybody has any time to waste. There's a big experiment going on. I mean, several big experiments going on. But there's huge experiments in our monetary system and they are being transitioned. And if you wanna have something to transition into the new system, you better have something right now that's out of the system. Because if it's in there, it can disappear, boom, just like that. So again, we have the Calendly link below. I'm gonna encourage you to call. 
set a time. If the time that you want is not available, 888-696-4653 will set you up with someone that works at your time that you need. But do not wait. Do not wait. This is a really critical year. Get it done. And until tomorrow, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.